Good evening. Um, good to see you tonight. I welcome you here. One of the benefits, if we can say there is a benefit from the coronavirus invasion, is the fact that we've gotten used to being live online using the countdown. And the blessing of that is we're still using it, and so we get started right on time, not late. So we want to give praise where we can give praise. And I do praise the Lord for all of you who are here in person and grateful for those who are joining us online as well. A couple of things I want to share with you in terms of prayer requests before we get into the study of God's Word. Uh, one of our pastors, Billy Dickerson, who's pastor of uh, Cedar Grove over in Cheddar, uh, was in a wreck this afternoon on 85. His car was actually rolled. If you saw a picture of it, you know that the hand of the Lord was with him. Now, he did come out with a fractured back, but when uh, you look at uh, everything that happened, obviously the grace of God was with him and the Lord was with him. So I want to be praying, though, for our brother in Christ, fellow pastor, uh, pastor of this association, the Palmetto Association, Billy Dickerson is his name. He's a super guy. Uh, in fact, he... Um, he watches a lot of times our services online and sends me texts and things like that. He's just a super guy. So let's be praying for Billy Dickerson. Praise the Lord that uh, he could have easily have lost his life if you had seen the car. Uh, but um, anyway, I want to pray for his healing. I also just want to just remind you, we need to be praising the Lord tonight. Uh, every time I think about Bill Stone and, and uh, what transpired in his life this week, uh, as a pastor over the 40 years, when someone begins having a stroke at uh, uh, the stem of the brain, what they call a brain stem stroke, that is incredibly serious. And um, a lot of times there are effects, serious effects. A lot of times they lose their life. His, though, um, you know, in two days he's home. Uh, after doing extensive, giving a clot buster uh, shot that's remarkable and then adding a little bit more to that after the original clot broke up and went to other parts of his brain, they were greatly concerned of what was going to happen then uh, and what effect it would have. But um, gets on the phone the next morning and calls Patrick, his son, and says, I'm trying to talk these nurses and let me come home because I got some fields to plow. And so that was a pretty good indication already that he was doing good. So we praise the Lord for that. And, of course, he is on a heart monitor because they're wondering if that wasn't ultimately uh, the reason why uh, he had the clot and it was causing the stroke. So I think for about 30 days he's going to be a heart monitor, so we want to be praying about that. Had a great uh, talk with Glenn Hawkins this week. And uh, he is also healing uh, wonderfully. He, he says, in fact, he says, if you just look at me right now, you would not know that I have gone through this. Um, so everything is healing well. Um, uh, they're having to just be careful right now because of the coronavirus and issues of that nature. So um, I want to keep praying for Glenn and, and his healing. Also, we want to remember uh, Martha Meeks. She lost uh, one of her sisters, not her twin sister. She has a twin sister, but she lost one of her sisters this week. And so um, we want to be lifting her up to the Lord and the whole family. James Peterson continues to 
uh, recover from his open heart surgery. And of course, I want to pray for the church here, not just our church, but other churches, uh, talking with other pastors who are just like us, trying to find the right steps to be taken uh, to try to uh, finally get back to where they were as we're trying to get back to where we were uh, when the coronavirus uh, hit us and all the crisis and things that goes with that. So I uh, uh, just want to be praying for all the churches, but praying for us uh, as I've been sharing with you, July the 12th is a key day for us uh, because that's when we'll open up for uh, Sunday school. And so if you're a Sunday school teacher, I'll probably be in touch with you this week. I got to find out how many teachers uh, are going to be available. Uh, are they ready? Uh, do they feel comfortable with that yet? Because that's obviously a different setting than in here where we're spreading you out. So, uh, and again, this is all fluid. And so we don't, you know, we'll just have to adjust as we go. But hopefully uh, we can uh, get to that point and then be ready for August and September uh, to start off the new year. Hopefully uh, having everything open and uh, uh, again, back to where we were, at least in turn. We lost a lot of momentum uh, when this hit. And so we just want to see God bring that back to us, of course. We want to be praying for our church. And, of course, we want to be praying for our country. And I know, uh, uh, as Jan was sharing today, um, I've gone through all of those myself. Just all different types of emotions at different times of, uh, of what's going on. And so uh, we just want to be before the Lord because ultimately uh, it's, it's how he is choosing to use this in his sovereignty to fulfill his purposes. As I share with you, there's, there's several things. It just could be that we're under the judgment of God simply because we have forsaken him as a nation. And so there's, there's that reality it could be. Here's the fruit. Here's what it looks like when we leave God out and we decide we don't need him. Uh, it could be that he is purposely allowing this to shake our nation and ultimately bring in a great awakening which is what we've been praying for, what we've been hoping for, a revival, a true uh, Holy Spirit revival, like on the day of Pentecost where there's this invasion of the presence of God. That could uh, be happening. Or this could be uh, the birth pains of uh, uh, the coming eventually of the Lord. I, it could be any of those or a combination of those. But the thing we need to do is keep our eyes on him not on what we see happening in the world. We've got to be knowledgeable. Don't misunderstand me. But um, you know, our focus is on the one who can make the difference. And the only one who can make that difference, of course, is the Lord. So here's some of the things I really and people I want us to be praying for. And uh, just because of the situation we're in and online and things like that, would you join me in your heart as I go to the throne of grace and lift these up to him and then... We'll get into the study of God's word for tonight. So eternal God and Father, we do join our hearts in one accord. We seek in one spirit and with one mind in the name of Christ to come to your throne of grace. We recognize that we're coming before the holy, holy, holy Lord of hosts. And so 
we come reverently because we know we're before this incredible holy God and we're aware that even though that in Christ we're righteous, that's our position in practice, we still sin and fall short of your glory. So we just want to take a moment right now in the privacy of our own hearts and souls to just present ourselves to you. Thanking the Lord God that you're an awesome God that forgives. And we're seeking that forgiveness now, right now, that cleansing that we need so that there'd be nothing in our time together tonight that would hinder, grieve, quench your spirit in any way whether it's an attitude or an action, whatever it may be, bless us with the fresh touch of your cleansing. Restore to us the fellowship that we hunger for. Touch us again with your mercy and your grace and your love. For as we come, we bring our brother, Reverend Billy Dickerson, before you. We come with thanksgiving because we know he could have easily lost his life in that wreck. And even though he has an injury, Lord God, at this moment, it's not a life-threatening injury. And we just ask for your mighty hand of healing on him. Lord, to show yourself mighty on his behalf, just like you did with our brother in Christ, Bill Stone, this week. Just like you're doing with our brother in Christ, Glenn Hawkins. Like you are doing with James Peterson, our brother in Christ, and his healing and seeking to return back to normal after open heart surgery. We just thank you that you're an awesome God that hears and answers prayer. We don't doubt that at all. There are times, Lord God, you know our hearts where we don't understand your ways. We don't understand your answers sometimes. And yet, we never question your love for us. We know that you're perfect in all your ways. And Lord, you and you alone have the knowledge of everything in your omniscience. And so we yield to that. We yield to your unconditional love. We yield to your perfect wisdom and knowledge. Even as we pour our hearts out and as we stand in the gap for others and Lord, for our country and for our church and other churches, Lord God, that are are struggling and dealing with the same things we are trying to navigate our way through, we yield and we surrender completely to your will and your ways and, of course, your word. And, Lord, whatever purposes you have, Lord, our heart is broken over our country. It's not a single issue, it's 
Really, ultimately, Lord God, the whole thing's a sin issue. And we just see it multiplied in all many different facet ways. And Lord God, we, our emotions are going in every direction when it should totally, totally be just on you. Lord, the wisdom that our leaders need, only you can give. There's no human wisdom that can resolve these issues. Only that which comes with you that's built on the truth of your holy word. So I'm asking in your mercy to give our leaders the wisdom, discernment to do the right things before you and the right things for the people here in this country. That you may be glorified and then be an open door for the work of your spirit, Lord, all across this land. And then for our church family here, again, there are aspects during this time that was thrilling and just such a blessing, even in the midst of, of not being able to come together even in person for such a time. But the way, Lord, this body of Christ responded in giving as we prepare for the future, as we prepare for being able to move into the depths of your will when everything is back and moving and Lord, I just want to thank you and praise you as the pastor, but thank you and praise you as a brother in Christ and, and just for the f sacrificial and incredible way in which they have given in your name. And you be glorified through that. Lord God, of course, our adversary has taken advantage of all of this. <laughs> but you are higher. <laughs> you have that remarkable way, Lord God, of taking everything he does and just turning it out for good, for your glory and for your kingdom and for your people. So, Lord, we trust you with all of our heart in this. And again, we're so grateful for your goodness. And I'm grateful for all who are here tonight and Lord, who are here this morning, we know we have a lot of our folks who are coming and going and, and vacations. And Lord, let's hope they have blessed times. They can get rest. They can have some time, uh, Lord, together, bring them back safely. But I am grateful for those who are here. So, Lord, as we get into your word, I'm just asking you to just give me the words to share. And Lord, just give us all ears to hear. It's about you speaking, not me. It's about what you say through the power of your word and the power of your spirit. So may each of us receive a personal word that's going to be a blessing to us as we prepare for the week ahead and the living of our lives. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 14. Seems like uh, I've been there a lot this week uh, in my study and in time uh, with the Lord and sharing my thoughts with you. And uh, we'll be looking in just a moment in verse 27. In fact, let me just read that. John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. All, all during this time, especially as we've gone to a certain degree beyond coronavirus, it's still there and we're still having to deal with the issues of it, but with everything taking place, I just keep thinking about the Prince of Peace. We need the Prince of Peace, which of course is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can bring us the peace. And he talks about it here. He promises us peace. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now, of course, the opposite of peace is uh, really stress in our lives. And we all know about stress. In fact, I venture to guess that probably everyone here tonight, you are an expert in stress. And I'm going to prove that to you because I'm going to uh, ask some uh, you to fill in the blanks. And if you know the answer, then I want you to, to, to shout it out, okay? Uh, for instance, uh, I am ready to throw in the... Good. Smart group. I am at the end of my... I'm just about a bundle of, I am just a bundle of, my life is falling. Good. You're right on there, Kathy. I got that. <laughs> and I am at my wits. See there? All of you just proved you are experts in dealing with stress. <laughs> but what we need, of course, is not stress because obviously stress has an impact upon every facet of our lives. I have shared this with you before. Maybe you remember it, maybe you don't, but um, I guess I have on my mind with our anniversary coming up, I have a lot about the 43 years that Kathy and I, uh, really 44, go back, but uh, years we've had together. But I remember the Sunday, Kathy remembers it well, uh, two, that I was to ask her father, a lieutenant colonel, for her hand in marriage. And so we meet at church that Sunday morning, First Baptist of Columbia, and during the service, um, I am sweating. I was not perspiring. I was sweating so profusely that it was dripping off my fingers. It was coming through my pants and through my shirt. And I was aching like I had the flu. In fact, I told us, I think I got the flu. And this is during the summer. I think I've got the flu. So I go home to the place that I was living at during the summer, and I felt that all afternoon. And finally, I give her a call, and I, I said, I, I don't think I'm going to make it. And she said, oh, yes, you're going to make it. And so I made it. <laughs> and I got there, and I asked for her hand. In, in marriage, and just immediately it all went away. And had a great uh, supper that night together, just had a great time. What was it? It was stress, because stress does have a direct impact 
upon us physically. But what Jesus promises here in John chapter 14, verse 27 is that he promises peace. And what we all need is three, listen, we need three different kinds of peace in our lives. So I'm just going to give this to you. I want you to jot them down or put them in your iPhone, your iPad, whatever uh, you, can, you need to be able to remember this. Of course, first of all, what we need is what I call redemptive peace. And uh, Paul talks about this over in Romans chapter uh, 5 and in verse 1 where he says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We got peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I call that redemptive peace because we're at peace with God. Why? Because Christ has paid in full for the guilt of all of our sins. We have been justified. That is, we have been declared righteous in Christ, and that is forever. And so, if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have redemptive peace. That is, you are at peace with God. Not only do we need redemptive peace, but we need also what I call revelation peace. And Paul talks about that in Colossians. So if you turn there with me in his letter to the churches there in Colossae, uh, here is what he says. He talks about this in chapter 3 and uh, in verse 15. So here's what he says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You probably have heard, I probably have shared that this you know, with you before in other studies, but the word for rule is where we get our word umpire. And so it says, letting the peace of Christ be the umpire, the one who is calling the shots, the one who is uh, giving direction and in control of the game, so to speak, if we use that in baseball, but the peace of Christ. And what he's talking about here, at least in my life, the way I apply it in my life, has to do when I'm making decisions and I'm seeking the will of God. I want to know, I want to get to that point where I have absolute peace in my heart. This is what the Lord wants me to do. And when that peace is not there until it comes, then I'm not going to act on it. Uh, I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to investigate. I'm going to continue to seek his will until I know I have peace in my heart that only God can give me in life. You know, Jesus says, I give you peace, but he says, not like the world. Why is that? Because the peace the world gives us is simply the absence of conflict. And it's always temporary. You know, they, they have uh, looked at this, and over the last 3,500 years here on earth, there's only been 286 years where there was no conflict at some time here on this earth. So most of the time, uh, there is conflict. There's a lack of peace here or there or somewhere else. That's just what the world can offer. What Jesus offers us, what the Lord God offers us, is a peace in our soul and our spirit that we know it is of the Lord. It's not just the absence of conflict. It is something that grabs hold of our heart 
and our soul, and we know we're in the will of God. So what we need is redemptive peace, what I call redemptive peace, what I call revelation peace, and of course also what we need is relational peace as well uh, in our lives. If you turn with me to Romans chapter 12, and Paul talks about this and how important it is in our lives uh, as believers uh, in Christ, Romans chapter 12, and in verse 18, he says this, if possible, so far as it depends on you. In other words, you know, I can't do this for Lynn. I can't do this for Mark. I can't do this for Randy. They cannot do it for me. He's talking about, he says, as much as it depends on you, he says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. That is with everybody in our life. We do our part. If there's been a conflict, then we do our part to resolve that conflict. If restitution needs to be made, we do our part in that restitution. Of course, you know how it works. Most of the time, people will share with me, well, yeah, we've had this conflict, but but that but they are 80% wrong. I'm only 20% wrong. <laughs> well, okay. That may be true, but you're responsible for that 20%. Get it right. You know, whatever you need to do. So what we need, that's what he's talking about here. He says, in, if possible, as far as it depends on what you can do before the Lord, what we need to do, then we need to have relational peace. We need to do our part. And so in life, we need redemptive peace with God. We need uh, revelation peace in Christ, knowing that we're in the will of God. We're doing exactly what he wants us to do, whatever that decision may be. And we need relational peace in our lives. The absence of any of these will bring stress, uh, of course, that we have to deal with in, in life. And, of course, we all know that that is reality. We've all been there. We all have to deal with the issues of life, and stress is there. So there is the promise of peace that Christ promises us. But then I want to look just in a practical way, not only at the promises of peace, but I want to look at what I'm simply calling the principles of peace. I want you to jot these five things down that uh, has been in my life, the Lord has taught me, and I'm trying to uh, continue, obviously, to live by my life, be able to experience peace. Now, look, I'm a pastor, but I'm a person, and, and I'm, I'm a child of God, just like you're a child of God, and so I have to deal with stress, I have to deal with uh, all of these things that I am talking about with you and sharing with you, so I'm just... I'm sharing out the overflow of my life with you, okay? So you might want to jot these, these uh, five things down. First of all, it begins, let's start at the beginning, it begins with accepting God's pardon. I love this verse over in the prophecy of Micah. There's a lot of verses we could have turned to. But in Micah uh, chapter 7 and uh, in uh, verse 18, and, and the prophet just says this. He says, who is a God like you who pardons iniquity and passes over the rebellious acts of the remnant of his possession? Talking about the children of Israel. 
In other words, he said, what kind of God is like you that is so merciful and so gracious and desires? He wants us to know his forgiveness. He wants us to know the joy of being pardoned of the guilt of all of our sin. And, and so uh, what happens so many times is, is, is God has pardoned us. God has forgiven us, but we won't forgive ourselves. As though somehow or another, God must be making a mistake. Obviously, the Lord God most high, who is perfect in all of his ways and righteous in everything, just in everything, he declares me forgiven and pardoned. And I'm sitting there going, but, you know, that's really more or less a pretty arrogant attitude to think that uh, I know more about forgiveness and pardoning than God himself. And I'm actually just saying, God, you're missing the mark here. And so we have to begin. You're not going to have peace if you cannot forgive yourself for what God has forgiven you for in your life. Yeah, I know that we have an adversary that loves to push that button and remind us of that event in our lives and that choice in our lives and that attitude we had for a while and those actions, those things we used to do. I mean, I'm just like you. I, I have those buttons he loves to push in my life and think, can't believe I did that. And he's trying to, once again, discourage me. He's trying to say, you know what? Who do you think you are to be a pastor or to be a, a preacher of the word of God. Look what's been in your life. He is just trying to hold me back and get me feeling that guilt all over again. We begin, if you want peace, if you want to know peace in your heart and your soul, you begin by accepting God's pardon and forgiving yourself. You know 1 John 1, 9. You should know it by heart. Even if you haven't read it because I've quoted it so many times, you should already have it by memory. It should be riveted in your heart and mind. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. So we begin by accepting God's pardon. But a second thing I want you to write down is we need to focus on God's presence. And this is one of the other benefits of what we were talking about this morning where we are, are needing to intentionally and consistently, you know, have that time in the very presence of the Lord. How incredibly important that is. One of the, one of the important blessings of that is beginning to experience the peace of God just by being in his presence. Let me give you this out of Isaiah. If you turn there with me or at least jot that down. Isaiah chapter 26 and in verse 3. And uh, this is from the New American Standard. And here's how it reads. It says, the steadfast of mine, listen to this, the steadfast of mine, you, talking about God, will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. I think, I think maybe the King James goes something like this. He, will keep, he keeps those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. 
when do we do that? When we're in his presence. And we're enjoying being in his presence. Times when I'm dealing with stress, uh, personally or as a pastor, um, getting into my sanctuary on wheels and um, worshiping, just having some praise time just to bathe myself in the presence of the Lord and then begin to call out to him. That's, you know, sometimes it takes me a little longer to get to the hospital because I take some other turns that keeps me on the road until <laughs> I have peace in my heart. It's very, very important. Psalms 46.1, let me just share this with you. just want to give you God's word tonight. Psalms 46.1 where we are reminded... God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. You know, when that stress level is way up here, whatever the reason. And then uh, a passage I gave this week, uh, this past week, in one of my To Tell the Truth devotions, uh, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, Psalm 61, verses 1 through 4. Just listen again. I don't know, again, if you, you, you get that or whatever, but listen to these words. Uh, this is Psalm of David. David says, Hear my cry, O God, and give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call, you with, uh, I call to you when my heart is faint. Oh, I mean, when I need you so much. Lead me to the rock that is higher than than I. Every time I read that, Kathy, I think of Stephen Hill, and he used to sing a song about the rock. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a refuge to me, a tower of strength against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. Not just to accept um, God's pardon, but to focus on God's presence. Bathe yourself in the presence of the Lord. Third thing I want you to write down is you've got to live by God's precepts. Live by God's precepts. We're all talking about principles of peace, how we experience the peace of God. Not the peace of this world, but the peace of God. Again, over in Psalms, Psalms 119 and in verse 165. Psalms 119 and in, in verse 165. Similar to some of the verses we looked at this morning out of John chapter 14. But listen to what it says. Those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. And so if we want peace in our lives, then not only do we need to accept God's pardon and focus on God's presence, but we need to live by God's precepts. And, of course, if you remember from this morning, um, 
that begins with our relationship and it comes out of the overflow of our relationship with God. You see, when we live by his precepts, we're opening up our life for God to be involved. The fourth thing I want you to write down is not only accept God's pardon and focus on God's presence and live by God's precepts, but trust God's purposes. Now, this is a little bit more difficult. Um, the passage I've given to you is one of my life passages, which is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight, or he will lead you down the right path. One of the problems we have, oops, I don't have anybody moving the camera like I do on Sunday morning. One of the problems we have is we have to know why. Why is this happening, Lord? And we can't get past the why, and we can't get past the how. And as a result of that, we don't have peace because we're not totally trusting in God's purposes. And God in his omniscient, knowing all things, allows things in our life. Life happens. Some of it's good, praise his holy name. Some of it's great, praise his holy name. Some of it is not good. Some of it is ugly. Because life happens. We don't struggle so much with the why when it's good and when it's great. But when it's not so good and it's ugly, we got to know why. Why, God? Why did you allow that to happen in my life? If you can't get past the why, then you're probably not going to find peace. Because it gets down to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. You don't have to know why. It's our inclination. We want to know. But I've discovered that God doesn't, most of the time, he doesn't tell me. He wants me simply to trust him. Not to lean on my own understanding, but in all the ways to acknowledge him. Lord, you have my life. I belong to you. I'm a follower of yours. I've trusted you. You brought me into your family. You adopted me in your family. I'm part of your kingdom's work. I'm one of your children. I belong to you. And so I'm going to trust you. And not be consumed with the why or maybe even the how. Paul in Philippians writes this, Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. He says, I know how to get along with humble means and I also know how to live in prosperity. 
in any and every circumstance I have learned. I want you to underline that phrase, I have learned. And this is something we need to do. We need to learn to trust the Lord and not become consumed with the why. It's going to pop up. That old sinful nature, that old self is going to ask why. Because most time we, we're dealing with hurt or we're dealing with disappointment or we got questions, which makes us very vulnerable with seeking to know why. And yet, we must learn the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In other words, Paul says, whatever's out there, wherever I find myself, whatever's happening in front of me, I can trust him to see me through it. He's allowed it into my life. And I'm going to trust him to make my path straight all the way through have peace, even though it's human nature to ask why, we just must trust God's purposes. Doesn't mean he caused it to happen, but if he allowed it to happen, then he can accomplish things through that. Just, just remember that his ways are above our ways, his thoughts are above our thoughts, and we just need to trust accept God's pardon, focus on God's presence, live by God's precepts, trust God's purposes, pray for God's peace. You know this well, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, prerequisite. Here's the promise. Verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of my favorite verses is out of also 1 Peter chapter 4. And verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him. Toss it over there. Throw it on him. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares. Look at verse 6. I did not give this to James, but look at what he says. Therefore, humble yourselves <clears throat> under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting, verse 7 again, all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. I want you to have peace. Not the peace this world offers. <clears throat> It's just, as I said, the absence of conflict. 
but the peace that passes all understanding. Redemptive peace, revelation peace, relational peace. Hopefully these principles will be of help to you because they certainly have been help to me in my life and my walk with the Lord. So Father God, as we come, seems like there's very little peace out there, Lord. We're concerned about people who can be harmed. We're concerned about our country being torn apart. We're still concerned about recovering from the coronavirus invasion. But Lord, when we keep our eyes on the problems, we miss the person that we need to be keeping our eyes on, and that's you. So Lord, thank you for the promise of peace. And may we, following your word, know that peace that surpasses all understanding. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. Have a great week in the Lord and his hand of favor on you. And by the way, Bull appreciates you coming, so he's not the only one sitting here tonight.